Let's take our Bibles. Let's turn to James chapter 5. James chapter 5. And we're going to pick out a single verse this morning. I intended to go further, but it just seemed like the Lord stopped me right here. To be honest, it was a little bit convicting. So if I skip over parts of this, you may know it's just the Lord convicting me and I'm trying to... No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, we're going to be looking at verse 12. Chapter 5 of the book of James and verse 12. And, you know, on one hand, it's easy to pick out a used car salesman or a politician or even a preacher and say, man, that guy can't tell the truth, wouldn't know the truth if he came and slapped him in the face. And, uh, you know, we are called as Christians to tell the truth. And we shouldn't require some extraordinary thing to ensure that we're telling the truth. It just should be that, that you say what you mean and you mean what you say. And, you know, used to, business was conducted on a man's word and on a handshake. And that was enough. Now you've got to have contracts. I mean, I'm sure you all read your, your cell phone contract. That Miss Gloria handed to you, all 25 pages. You know, it took 10 minutes to print. And she hands it to you, and, and I'm sure you went through that. I mean, well, I'm sure you got your lawyer to come and sit with you as you went through that so that you fully understood the importance of every contract or phrase and, you know, everything in it. Well, no, we don't do that. But today you have to do business with all these. Uh, you know, regulations and stipulations and all these contracts and sign on the dotted line, you know, ten times and initial this and, show, you know. And, um, you know, the Bible just tells us that we're to be people of our Word because we're people of His Word. Let's look at this verse 12. Now, I know you've been up and down this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. James 5 and verse 12. But above all things, my brethren... Swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay, nay, lest you fall into condemnation. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the Word of God. I pray that today you'll apply it to our hearts and our minds. And Lord, I pray you help us to live it, to be truthful, to be men of integrity, women of integrity. God, help us to be honest in all of our dealings and in every word that we say, Father, we pray because, Lord, we know we need Your help. And we thank You now and we praise You. And we pray this together in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Now, it's no wonder, it's no surprise that James revisits a little bit here the tongue. He's done that on several occasions in the book of James. And we already know what James thinks about the tongue, right? James said that the tongue is a fire. He said it's a world of unrighteousness. James said that the tongue is a restless evil. He said that it is full of deadly poison. He said that it pollutes the whole body. I mean, James uh, has a pretty strong view of the tongue and what the tongue does. But we know that words have both the power to, to heal and to instruct and to lift and to encourage, and they have the power, or they have the power, 
to tear down and to destroy and to, to hurt and to bring pain. And so, you know, it's no wonder that James turns again to the tongue. But here he is concerned with the practice of, of giving oaths. Now, as we, as we talk about this, first of all, this is not talking about uh, profanity or, or uh, using foul language or four-letter words or anything like that. Okay, that's not what's in view here when he says that, that we are not to swear. Uh, sometimes we use that uh, when people use foul language. And, uh, you know, the Bible is very clear in Ephesians 4 that we're not to use foul language. It's very clear on that, okay? Uh, if it's doubtful, you shouldn't use it. And, and while we're on that subject, may I just say, don't put anything with the word holy except God's Word or the, the Lord Himself, the Holy Spirit. I hear people all the time bringing holy into their conversation except they, they, they marry it with something worse than an honest politician or whatever. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's pitiful and it's disgusting when we try to bring the holiness of God, the purity, the righteousness of God, and we bring it down to the lowest level of our conversation. And I want to encourage you, young people, that's, that's all the time you'll hear that in our culture. And I want to encourage you when you hear that, understand what holy means. Because what we're doing is we're taking the precious truth of who God is and we're dragging it through the muck and the mire of the world. And as a result, our view of God is going to be less than what it should be and it could be and it ought to be. Well, that's not what the sermon's about. So that's just free there. Um, okay, so an oath. An oath, though, is a solemn promise. And often invoking a divine witness um, regarding one's future action or behavior. Or, or it, it brings in some other uh, thing. You know, well, well, I swear on a stack of Bibles that that's true. You know, you'll hear people say things. Well, I will swear on that on my mother's grave. And they're, they're trying to prove their authenticity. They're trying to, to make the point. They're trying to, to make the point that I'm telling the truth. And that's the purpose of an oath. Now, oaths uh, are not always wrong. You know, the Bible gives us examples. Abraham, uh, David, and Jonathan uh, made an oath with, with each other. They bound themselves to each other in friendship and in brotherhood. And they were closer than brothers. And when Jonathan died, David said, Jonathan, your love for, to me was more wonderful than the love of women. That's how close they were. They had such a strong bond. And, and it was a good thing. It was not a bad thing. They were bond, uh, bound together and their families, so much so that when David became king and Jonathan was lying dead in his grave, David asked, is there anyone of the household of David or of Saul, that I can take care of or help in some way. I mean, he could have been looking to, to kill every one of them because they might be a threat to his kingship. But instead, he brought Mephibosheth and he brought him in, the son of Jonathan who was crippled. He brought him in and took care of him and, and fed him at his table every single day. And Mephibosheth looked at him and said, why, why do you care about a dead dog like me? 
Well, that was a wonderful oath that, that those men uh, made a commitment and a vow and a promise together. But you see, what had happened in the Jewish practice was that, that many people tried to, to make oaths that were in actuality an attempt to evade the truth. And so they would swear to something, but they would swear by the altar, or they would swear by the earth, or they would swear by, by heaven, or by the temple, or by something. They would not swear by the name of the Lord, because that was considered binding. And that's what Jesus spoke to in Matthew chapter 5, in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus spoke to, to this practice that the Jews had, and this had carried over into the early church, and James is addressing this. And Jesus said these words in Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 33. He said, Again, ye have heard that it hath been said by them of old time, Thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. But I say unto you, Swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is His footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. Neither shalt thou swear by thy head, because thou canst not make one hair white or black, but let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. And so uh, we are to, to say what we mean. And we're to mean what we say. We're to, we're to be men and women of integrity. And when we speak, we're to speak the truth. Now, I'll be honest with you. This is difficult uh, because every now and then I find myself falling into temptation. Not to tell an out-and-out lie. Not to be you know, completely false, but just to be a little bit deceitful. Just to let the impression rest about something. When I, when I should say, here's what, here's what happened. Here's, here's the way it is. I should speak the truth. Well, uh, we're called to be men and women of honesty. And yet, you know, we've, we can talk about used car salesmen. We can talk about politicians. They're an easy mark in a lot of ways. Thank the Lord for some who, who are uh, godly. But, but how about lies that are told in church? Well, surely, Brother Tim, yeah, this fine group, no, surely not. Surely no one would lie in church. I mean, yeah, we might lie out there somewhere, but not in church. Well, have you ever sung, All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him. I freely give. And yet, you didn't give all. You didn't surrender all. Be careful of your words. Some of you guys, well, you, so you'd rather us not sing. No, I'd rather you be honest. I'd rather you speak the truth. And I want you to sing the song. I want you to, to give your all to Jesus, but I want it to be from your heart and, and you mean what you say. 
And it shouldn't require some extraordinary thing, that some oath, some, some great thing to witness that you're telling the truth. I mean, you, you know, you can sell your wife on, on some bill of goods, you know. Oh, honey, I, I really do love you. I mean, I, you know, and you can just work and work and work and work. But we shouldn't have to, to build our case. We shouldn't have to present something that proves it should just be so. It should just be that this is truth, this is reality, this is the way it is. And, and so, let's look very briefly at, at what James tells us in this one verse. He says, first of all, above all things. Above all. And you could translate that before everything else. Um, before everything else, there has to be that we accept a, a firm allegiance to truth. And we accept the idea that there is truth. There is reality that is true. It is absolutely certain, no matter what anyone says or does, no matter what the latest opinion poll says, or how people perceive it, or what uh, you know the American people think about it. We have an allegiance to Christ and to His Word. And so when we begin to speak, our tongues are to speak truth. We're to tell the truth. Young person, children, listen to me. You're to speak the truth. When you lie, you are breaking God's commandment. God said, thou shalt not bear false witness. In other words, thou shalt not lie. And whenever we say something that isn't true, no matter how much we may protest or we may, we may try to, to, to buttress our argument or make some strong statement or, or use an oath and swear by something, look... It, it does not matter. Let your yea be yea and your nay, nay. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Well, he says do not swear. It does not refer to profanity or dirty language. Um, it is, it is a, a, an oath of binding. The Nazarite vow was an oath. They took a vow to be a, a Nazarite. No wine will touch my lips. You know, uh, nothing unclean will come. Well, uh, and then the next part of this, he says, let your yes be yes. Mean what you say. I mean, it's very simple. And it doesn't take a fancy oath or some extraordinary statement to tell the truth. Keep your word. Do what you know is right. Ephesians chapter 4 And verse 25 gives us this word. It says, Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And then notice the fourth thing in this verse. Above all, first of all, we're to... We're to take this seriously. We're to, we're to take on this job, but we're not to swear. We're not to, to use a, uh, an oath uh, to establish our word. Our word is enough. Mean what you say. And then finally, it is so that you do not fall under judgment. The word in the King James is condemnation. And it could be that James is giving us one more test here. And he said, show me your, your faith by what you do. Not by your words, by what, what you do. Maybe he's again saying, show me your faith, your, the reality of your trust in Jesus, the fact that you genuinely are saved, you're changed, you're forever altered by the, by the power of Christ in your life. 
Show me that by the truth that you speak. By the way you conduct your life in honesty. We just read in the passage preceding this, in the verses preceding, it said the judge is standing at the door. The judge is standing at the door. I mean, the moment is coming when the Lord is going to return. The moment is, is at hand, in fact. Now, we know from Scripture, Revelation 21.8 tells us that all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever. And that's not a reason for rejoicing. That's not something fun. That's horrible. And liars are not the only one in the list in the verse. You can go back and read the verse, but it's, it's included. I mean, how important is this? Well, it is very important. But the mark of a child of God, the mark of a saved person, is that you're going to want to speak the truth. And when you tell a lie, the Spirit of God within you is going to convict you. He's going to grab a hold of your heart, and He's going to make you say, Oh, I should not have said that. That was, that was not true. I should not have spoken that word. Well, if you're not saved then you're going to speak a lie. You're going to say those things. And you might be sorry you get caught. You might be sorry that you have to spend another lie to cover that one and then a third lie to cover that and then some more to cover those. But a saved person cannot live in a habitual practicing of sin. We cannot live there. If you're saved... Live like it. If you're, a, if you're going to be a Christian, be a good one. Be a good one. The world has seen enough of this plastic, fake, hip, hip, hypocritical Christianity. And, and we all have our faults. And we all have our failures. We understand that. But be genuine. And when you mess up, own it. Confess it. Make it right as best you can. Well, let your yes be yes. And your no, no. Simple words, simple truth. But it's kind of hard hitting. It's not, not unlike a lot of the rest of James. The whole book has just been a practical study. Well, I want to encourage you this morning. We're going to close in a moment with prayer and with uh, just, just hearing from the Lord. I'm going to ask Daniel to come back and we're going to sing a little bit as we, as we wrap up. But if God is speaking to your heart, I want to invite you and ask you to, to realize that there's some things that we need to deal with, we need to settle. It could be today that God's speaking to you because you've not trusted Him as Lord and Savior. You've not been saved. And if that's true, then it is my prayer that the Spirit of God will reveal that to you. He will show you that. He'll help you to understand. He'll speak to your heart. You'll have this voice within you saying, oh, this is what you need. You're lost. You're lost. And I know in my own heart, boy, I felt that. I, I, I didn't understand it all, all the time, but I felt that. And I knew the emptiness. And I knew the confusion. And I knew the loneliness of life without Christ. I want to invite you this morning, if you've not put your faith in Jesus, 
open up your heart to Him and trust Him. Maybe you've been saved, but you haven't been baptized yet. You need to, you need to follow Christ in baptism. Become a, a, a public, you know, let everybody know about your faith in Jesus. And you can come this morning to say, Pastor, I want to be baptized. And we'll set it up. We'll, we'll talk and we'll, we'll walk through that. Or maybe God's calling you to become a part of this church family. Whatever it may be, God places it on your heart. You obey Him. But this morning, if you need Christ in your heart, you need to be saved. I invite you to come and just say, Pastor, I need to be saved. And I'd love to share with you, pray with you. Let's bow our heads. Now, I've left one thing unsaid here. And that is that we all struggle with our tongues. We all fail. We all sin. And at times it's through saying things that aren't, aren't true. Our yes is not a yes and our no is not a no. And I want to encourage you this morning. Christian, if you're here, you're a child of God, you've been saved, but God's been dealing with your heart about some things in your life that don't line up with His Word. I want to invite you to open up your heart to Him this morning. Go to Him. This altar is here for you, Christian. These steps at the front serve as an altar, or you can make an altar right there where you are. But get on your face before God. Acknowledge it. Call it what it is. Confess it. Ask Him for His strength. Father, we bow in Your presence this morning. We're grateful to You. We love You. Lord, we're also mindful of the fact that we fail and we fall short. We sin, Lord. God, I pray for every Christian in this room. I pray You give us grace. Give us grace, Lord. Call on Your name. To confess our sin. To turn from it, Lord. Ask for Your your strength and Your help never to do it again. Father, help us to respond to anything that Your Spirit is speaking into our hearts this morning. Give us freedom, we pray, in this moment. In Jesus' name, Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand.